This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take it to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. As always, my name is Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest as well as Triangle Lawn, as well as CEO of Comarch, digital marketing and sales for the pest and lawn industries. And with me, as always, I'm, I'm coming out of, I'm actually running out of adjectives to describe Dan, the, the Dan Gordon, other than the highest of highest. Is that, is that pretty good? Is that a good intro there? Dan, say good morning and hello. And then if you have a new adjective, I'm all ears. So. No new adjectives. I think after two years of doing this podcasts and would we have like 150,000 downloads or whatever, I think, uh, I think we probably have used them all. So, uh, <laughs> I probably have to do some research. I've got to figure it out, but can you please but, introduce our super, super, well, actually you haven't even introduced your, I mean, I'm sure you're going to go through the PCO thing, but, and then introduce our topic because this is going to be, an interesting topic. It's not one that when I hear it, I kind of cringe, but I think it's going to be very interesting as we get into it. So, well, I think, uh, yeah. So Dan Gordon, PCO bookkeepers, uh, you know, uh, outsource CFO services for pest and lawn, as well as exit planning services. Um, uh, and uh, uh, as far as the topic goes today, I think that this is really important. And the reason it's important is because if you've been watching the news, if you've been following the headlines if you've been you know if you're a political junkie you know that the economy's sputtering and uh and in fact our pest index is actually the uh july index just came out and it's still at 11 percent year over year but i believe that that entire 11 percent or maybe 10 percent of it or so is the price increases so what that means is the the in real terms the industry kind of quick growing the other thing that I'm hearing about quite a bit that I haven't heard about, um, you know, uh, over the last couple of years is this um, cancellations, a lot of cancellations, a lot of people putting things on hold and or uh, adjusting their service, basically trying to save money. And we haven't seen that in the last couple of years. It doesn't mean that we're going to go backwards. Um, this industry is very resilient. Um, during 2008 and 2009, we came through it you know, probably better than the auto industry or a, a lot of other industries, but you've <laughs> got to have a plan. <laughs> you well, we didn't, hang on. You know what? Yeah. I mean, we didn't take a handout. And you remember all the things you said that it took me back to the whole too big to fail. And anyway, that's all right. Yes. Keep going. That's true. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't get a handout, but this time we did with PPP and some people <laughs> do ERC. So the whole world is getting a handout. So, yeah. uh, and, it, and it's beautiful that it's finally trickled down to the small business person as opposed to, you know, uh, Chrysler and airlines and all of the other large companies. But, but that's, but here we are, right? And so things are going to get a little tough. And so you've got to have a plan. And our topic today is about budgeting. How do you prepare a budget? Uh, how do you use a budget and how do you adhere to a budget? And um, um, so with that, we have some talking points that I prepared. Donnie, if you want to start. I, I do. Yeah, I mean, I, there's a few things, a few disclaimers I will say 
before we get into this. Number one, you know, this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. First of all, I think I would rather talk about drilling screws to my toenails and talk about budgeting. I hate it, right? But you're right. And I mean, it's like one of the most important things that you do in a business. And so, you know, let's just back up for a moment. And I want to talk a little bit about, you know, for our listeners, if you're a smaller company, this is such a difficult thing to do. If you're a larger company, this is such an essential thing to do. And, you know, in my own experience, and I'm not saying this is the way that it is, I'm not saying it's the way that you should do it, but when I was smaller, I would make a budget and within the first three months, it'd be blown up, right? Something would happen, right? Either I wouldn't be selling enough or I'd be selling too much or, or whatever. And so it seemed like sometimes I felt like it was almost like, why am I even doing this? As I've gotten bigger, and we're not a huge company, but as we've gotten larger, like the budget has almost become essential because the ramifications of, of missing are no longer, I can't make it up with, you know, a $10,000 hit here and there. I mean, the numbers are so big now that I can't overcome them. So, so back to Dan's point, you know, it, it is absolutely one of the most important things that you do. And, you know, when you think about, okay, well, how does this make sense? I know for me early on when I was a smaller company, we lived on what I called the curve. And, and this is, this is not the laugher curve in case you're wondering that, Dan. I know that's probably what's going through your brain, um, but it's not. <laughs> but, you know, the curve is we had this sales forecast and we had planned marketing and I had to have the growth in order to make my budget. And I will tell you that that is a fast growing company. It's what you have to do. And if we missed, it hurt. And it meant that, you know, I didn't make cash for the month or whatever. And we lived that way for about eight years. And then, and then finally, I think several people are going to kill me and say, Donnie, we've got to, we can't be doing this because when we miss, it hurts so bad. Um, so, so anyway, I, um, I mean, I guess probably the best thing to do, Dan, is do you want to just kind of start in with how do we, how do we approach, you know, I mean, again, I know there's going to be some of our listeners like, well, hell, I know how to do a budget. Right. And so I don't want to spend, I mean, but at the same time, I want to talk to how, functionally to think through in my mind a good budget so i don't i don't think we're going to just sit around and say you know this is how you do a budget it's more about like here's how you set up your budget in this industry and here's here's some things to think about that are very very specific that in my mind that are very helpful as you do it because it's not the same as if you go to freaking google wikipedia i think there's some very specific things that we do in our industry that you have to know and and really help dial this in so so the, you know, it's kind of interesting. So from an accounting perspective, a budget is a budget, right? But, you know, everybody last 10 years or so, everybody's in, enamored with these MBA terms, KPIs, benchmarking, all of the scorecarding, all of this good stuff. And, and, and they're all really good ways to describe what you're doing. But if you think about it, business is a game and, you know, how, how do you keep score, right? How do you know whether you're winning or losing, right? So the budget is your game plan, right? So, you know, you're playing football, you got a game plan, you're flying an airplane, you got a flight plan, right? This is the plan. And then you uh, judge your efforts against it, right? So just, just so you know, Dan, I, th I think it's cute when you use flying uh, metaphors. Because I, I know so much about it. 
I think that I would probably crash that airplane in no time at all. Uh, just for everybody who's listening, Donnie's a big pilot, and he was making fun of my boat the other day. But uh, Donnie's got this big airplane, you know, probably has like a flight crew and everything else. But uh, so anyway, um, <laughs> so how do we uh, how do how do we formulate this common sense budget? The first thing that we do is we have to have a format for it and we have to specify a time. Now, here's a trick that I love, right? So if you're using QuickBooks, and most of our clients and friends are, right? What you do is you um, create a profit and loss for the, the year, for say last year or for the trailing 12, but the year is kind of nice, right? And then you export it to Excel and then you eliminate all of the numbers. So what you've done is you've started with all of your line items, all the months across the top, and then you go from there, right? And so usually I like to do a time frame. I call a, a budget a one-year thing, right? But a lot of people will do it for three years, five years, and I highly recommend that you do it. By the way, one of the things but early on in in uh, when 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 I met Donnie, he came to me and he told me that he had to work on the budget, and he invited me up to his hotel room. That it was, you know, quickly. This is where the story gets risque. Right, right. So I came up to his, and he whipped out his budget, and his budget was for twenty years. And yes, I'm thinking, I do oh that. my gosh, 20 <laughs> years. But listen, I, I love the creativity. I love the the, the, the fact that he had the energy to, to do that because it takes a lot of work to put something together. And, um, I, you know, I it, it's most important that we do a year, maybe three years and maybe five years where you're going. But the it, it becomes, um, you know, more and more difficult um, the further you go out because as donnie said you miss sales goals you you blow them out you know the different things and then and, and you have to re uh jigger it each year but but i like the format of doing it that way with quickbooks and oh by the way if you wanted to do a five-year plan take that template and create five tabs and do it that way but the other thing so, is so, so before we get into that though you know so i like that i mean we do that as well, and we we do pull down to spreadsheets. and And I would say even so. So there's there's the function of like, okay, now this is how I'm going to set up my budget. But I also think the other thing to think about in general, despite you know, there are two people, there are two types of people in this world. There's folks who are looking in the rearview mirror and those who are looking in the windshield. And I think you know, as an owner, one of the things that you have to do is you have to think through. Well, what are my goals? Am I looking for fast growth? Am I willing to lose money? Am I am I not that you know? Am I not that aggressive? Do I want a balanced growth approach? Do I want like in my mind? Even before you sit down to to do your budget, you need to think through like who you are and what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Because I will tell you, I get excited when I get down in front of spreadsheets, and sometimes I will lose my freaking mind. I will start being like, "Well, we can grow a little bit more now. We can." My natural tendency is is when when someone says five, I'll say let's go ten. Someone says ten, I'll say let's go twenty. Like, and so my my natural inclination is to go as fast as possible. Of course, it's very risky, um, and of course, you know it 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 really hurts in terms of paying your bills. I also don't like not having money, 
meaning that I've, I've dumped all my money into growing and now I can't pay my bills. I don't like that either. And so I just want to make the point here before we get into this, that it's really good for you to kind of do a self-assessment before you get into making your budget and think through about what kind of company you want and what kind of risk are you willing to take? Because that's going to drive a lot of decisions because I can make a spreadsheet say anything, right? And I can make a spreadsheet say I'm going to have a 50% composite. And Dan, you and I both know that, you know, well, yeah, I probably can, but the, the likelihood of that happening is going to be pretty, pretty low. But I guess my point is, and just backing it up, is think through your goal for this upcoming year and think through kind of where you want to take the business in general. And then, of course, you know, they always say, you know, talk about your exit strategy, which is why you saw the 20 year plan. I'm not getting out after 20 years, which Dan, you remind me of that. That, that is freaking hilarious. I do remember that. And we've, we've been on budget, you know, for the last 16 years. <laughs> <laughs> it was just last as time, I it's the last time Donnie invited me to up to his hotel room. So, <laughs> so, so, as far as uh, where do you start? Pest control and lawn care. It, because we have a recurring revenue model, the budgeting process or the, the the methodology is probably so much easier than running like a retail establishment, a candy store or something, because you know that you've got a certain amount of revenue built in for tomorrow and next month and, and the month after. And the whole thing starts with this revenue forecast, right? So remember, revenue is different from sales. Sales are what your salespeople do, right? So um, but but revenue is what is the monthly production? That's a good way to look at it. What 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 are your technicians going to produce for the month? And um, so uh, the the way that you start it is you look at it as a three piece pie, right? So the first one you look at is your um, your route work. How much monthly route work do you have? Monthly, quarterlies, whatever. The second are renewals, so termite renewals. Some people do carpenter ant renewals and other types of renewals. And the third piece is our, our new sales, right? And sprinkled in there is attrition. So essentially, if I did a million dollars this year and I want to grow by 10%, that's a million one. But I have to consider, um, you know, what the attrition is, right? So maybe my attrition is 20%. So now I really have to sell 300,000 in order to get to that million one. Right. So that's really, really important. The other thing is that that million dollars for most companies is not all recurring. Right. So you're going to have attrition of the recurring and you're going to have to replace the one time work in order to get to the million one. So it's not just as easy as going from a million to a million one. You may have to sell three hundred thousand or more just to grow the 10%. And yeah. this is the well, thing that's gonna get complicated with the economic times. If you're, if our attrition rates go up, we're gonna have to sell more in order to get to um, you know, the, the growth goals and we may not make the growth goals. Well, the other part of this is that if you don't, I'm assuming that most listeners do, but you absolutely need to know what your cost per lead is, what your cost per sale is, what your close rate is, because that's going to factor in. You know, I, I, I agree with you, Dan, on this. It's like if you can dial in this revenue line, your budgeting gets pretty freaking easy because then it's like now you can look at percentages and those types of things. But getting the revenue or your know, revenue forecast right, that if you can do, if you can set that up up front, then, then that's going to set you up for the remainder. I think it, it, it make you a solid budget. But 
bringing it back to what you just said, yeah, it's rev it's recurring revenue what you currently have. It's one time. What's going to fluctuate with that? Then it's like that. In my mind, the key one is sales, and then how much is it going to cost you to generate those sales? So, so if I said, hey, I want to do a million dollars in new sales, that may not even be feasible. You may not have the money to do that. So there's going to be a balance there, and you know, and going back to what you just said, then there may be some years where your growth maybe like in the single digits, you know, or lower because you can't find, you know, you overcoming the attrition. If you go from say one and a half percent or a 1% attrition rate, you know, up to say a 2%, now you've got 24%, you know, churn. That's a big number overcome now, depending on the size, but I mean, still, so I just think that, you know, dialing in that revenue number is probably the biggest part. And you have to know your marketing costs, what it takes for you to generate a customer. Because that's that's going to play the, into the, your sales forecast. The, the, the important thing, and absolutely you need to understand what that's going to cost. But the important thing is you've got a budget for that gross margin, that 50 to 55 percent. And then what is it going to cost? So let's say I'm at a million. I lose 200,000. Now I'm at 800,000 and I want to get 300,000 to get to my million one. That means I need 300,000. Let's say that um, each of my accounts or you know my signature service is $500. That means that I need 600 sales. If I close at a rate of 50%, I need 1,200 leads. And back to Donnie's um, you know, uh, statement, how much are you paying for the 1,200 leads, right? Is it 100, 200, 300? And whatever it is, that has to fit into the budget. And so, you know, in this day and age, lead costs are going up, way up. You know, Google is, um, you know, people have found out that the internet exists and now <laughs> Google is making a fortune off of us. And that's the way that that works. So you've got to understand that. But that gross margin, you're budgeting for that gross margin uh, to be at 55, 50 to 55%. And then that marketing cost, even though we, if you look at the cost study, you look at Rollins or Terminex or Renekill's 10K, you know, they spend 7% on um, marketing. Your you may spend a, a ton more, right? That's 7% of overall revenue, not of sales, right? And so, you know. Look, the you other thing I was going to about that. Yeah, the other thing I was going to say about that, and it may be helpful to do this as you're building your budget. I used to, when when I did this, and I still do budgeting, I don't want to give anyone. Sometimes I say things and then people think I'm a freaking tax cheat, but that's a whole nother so we, um, I, I forgot what the comment was a couple of episodes ago, but we I wouldn't call it hate mail. I, I would call it citizens talking about, you know, Johnny. Oh, yes, that, right. And it was not, I was talking about someone else, whatever. Anyway, so getting back to what I was going to say is that, you know, when I was the one writing the budget, when I was the one building the budget, how's that, how's that for clarification? I would bring my revenue line out into its own spreadsheet. And I did that because I wanted to make sure that my revenue line was solid because if I keep my revenue line dialed in, then I knew that everything else about that would be a pretty good estimate. And so, you know, and not to, and this is not self-promoting, this is, but, but I believe it's in grow that I do this, but I actually walk you through how to create that revenue line. And where you're looking at, this is how much I want to grow. This is how much you know revenue I get per sale. 
anyway, I think we call it RPS. There's a there's actually a YouTube video we'll link up afterwards where I talk about, you know, hey, you're trying to hit your growth goals. But so Dan is going to be really, really good on the expense side, which I'm sure he's good on revenue side too. But if you look and grow, you look on a YouTube video, it'll walk you through exactly how to set up that revenue line and <clears throat> you know, based on your goals. We're much like what Dan said, if you say, hey, I want to grow 10%, I want to grow 20%. The other part that Dan did he's mentioned and I agree with is that we just we're in a time right now where there's it's not as we're in new territory right it's not as easy uh, I don't think it's going to be as easy 2020 quite frankly for our industry was a was a fantastic event you know when you look at sales from a sales perspective <laughs> from, from a business 20, perspective 2020 and 2021 where it it's truly amazing that the whole pandemic thing, if you remember when it started, what people thought it was going to mean and what actually happened. And now, like any good party, we have this hangover and yes. um, the hangover is, you know, <laughs> party's over and the hangover is kicking in. And, and you know, now you got to now the medicine starts. And so, you know, that's... so let's say we dial in, let's say we dial in our revenue number. We've gone through, we know our marketing costs. We, we've accounted for our cancels. We've got our revenue line dialed in uh, pretty, pretty well. Dan, can you just walk us through like, okay, now I've got that done. Now what? And so just to, to, uh, Kind of, you you had mentioned you put it, the revenue on a separate uh, a separate spreadsheet, and I totally agree with that. So what you want is uh, January, February, March. You know, all your months, you're going to have your um, your uh, route work. So let's say you're doing a hundred thousand dollars a month. So every line's going to be a hundred thousand. Then under that, you're going to have attrition, and you could you know uh, program that in one percent, a half percent, two percent, right? And so that's going to be a subtraction. And same thing, like those who use renewals, it'll be the same way, right? That's recurring as well. So you're going to have those lines. Then the third one is the new sales, right? And that's the trick, right? How much do I want? How much can I pay per lead? Um, will I be successful? And once you get to that, then, you know, you've got your um, revenue budget. And again, you can tweak it. And like Donnie said, uh, when you... Uh, you know, sometimes you say, well, that's not enough. And so you kind of just pad it and whatnot. I challenge you not to pad it, but be very, very realistic and understand how you're going to get there because everything around this thing is going to cost you money. And if you blow your revenue budget, you're going to spend, you're going to buy too many trucks. You're going to, you know, order too much equipment. You're going to hire too many technicians, et cetera, et cetera. So let's say, and each client is different, but you know, I, I like to say twenty thousand a month, right? That's what a technician should bring in. Some people tell me that's high, some people tell me that's low, but let's say it's twenty thousand a month. That I say it's low. That, keep going. Oh, right, right. Okay, so let's go with two fifty just to, to, to keep that's the numbers better. Eat, right? Yep. So yep. so if we're gonna do a million dollars, I need four trucks. If I have four trucks, I need four technicians to drive those trucks and operate those trucks and whatnot. That means that if I give my technicians, you know, four uniforms, that means I need 16 uniforms. That means that, you know, if we say that our uh, material costs are, say, seven or eight percent, that means, you know, I, I have to uh, budget in how much the material is going to be for each technician, 
how much the fuel is going to be, how, you know, if they're out every day, 20 days a month or so, and, and eight hours a day, how much, how many miles do they put on the truck? And you multiply that times the fuel. So you can see it's a big puzzle and it's all built around that revenue forecast. If you screw up the revenue forecast, all that stuff underneath gets screwed up and it could cost you a lot of money. You could lose a lot of money. That's just getting you to the, um, to the gross margin. Right. So underneath gross margin, you have sales and marketing or marketing and sales if you go the evolution. Right. So you have to market to get the leads. Once you get the leads, you have to sell them. Right. So now what is that cost? And we've done episodes and, you know, Donnie's talked quite a bit about, you know, how much a lead should cost and whatnot. But uh, and, and it's getting more and more expensive. It, it definitely is. So how much are you willing to, um, you know, you've got to replace the attrition. You've got to account for the growth. You've got to have an average, uh, you know, uh, price for your service. So you know how many new sales you need. And you've got to throw out a number. What am I going to pay for that? What, what am I going to pay in marketing for that lead? How am I going to convert it? And how much do I have to compensate my salespeople or technicians or whoever's selling it if you have to? I have to put a disclaimer in here real quick. Um, in Again, this is not self-promotion. It's just places to start. When when I used to do this, sometimes I felt like I was just throwing darts at the wall. Like I had no clue. Like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't know what my cost should be. I don't know what that percent should be. It's obviously changing as the business is changing because different sizes are going to require different percentages on the P&L. Same thing for your growth percent. Um, I know Dan has the cost study and you know and you can go to his website we'll link it up um as part of the show notes for this show um that will walk you through you know hey here are the percentages that you should be you know giving out for your expenses uh and here are the averages now obviously we all want to do better than averages if you even listen to this podcast i already know that you you have the personality where you want to be doing better than the industry average and you should likewise colmarch has a marketing kind of an annual marketing where we round up the numbers. Um, and that's where you can look at what's your average cost per lead, what's your average, you know, cost per click. But in that way, you can like, at least when you sit down to do this forecast, if you're doing the revenue forecast, you're doing your expense forecast, you know that, it, okay, because again, a really small company, I'd say less than a million, it's not uncommon for your marketing expense to be 15%. It's just not, at least in my mind. If I'm 10 million, your marketing expense is 15%. That's way out of most people. And so my point here is, is at least you have some guidance. Hey, if you're just starting 50 or 75% is, yes. is um, reasonable, you know? Yeah, no, and that's, so my point here is, is that, you know, if you're sitting down to do this and you're a bit overwhelmed, like I don't know what these numbers should be, there are resources out there for you to do that. You don't have to use our stuff. You can, I don't know that there's any others out there, but my point is, is that, at least you know, like we both have good data sets. We have lots and lots of clients in the industry. So I can tell you, this is generally what, you know, depending on the location of someone, this is what they're spending for cost per lead, cost per sale. For Dan, obviously he has a ton of clients, you know, and he can, he can split that out based on size. Hey, and these are real data sets. These are not the, hey, I just called someone and asked them and <laughs> they rattled off some number. So in my mind, you know, 
right and wrong are different, whether you like me or not, and or you think I'm a tax cheat in this case or not, right? Those numbers <laughs> are, are well, legit. The next uh, episode of this will come from uh, the uh, cell block. Uh, yes, yes, the, yeah. Uh, come to you live from Fort Leavenworth, Canada. <laughs> so, right. All right. So keep going. He likes about Capone. And, uh, so. <laughs> I gotta let that go. By the way, I just I don't know why. I'm just, yeah, I, was, I, I don't know. So yes, I gotta let it go. Yeah, so well, keep going. Taking that very seriously, aren't you? So uh, right. so anyway, okay. So so you're 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 uh, budgeting the, the the revenue around the revenue. Then you figured out what all your direct costs are going to be because you know what your revenue is. You know how many trucks you need. You know how many technicians and all the costs associated with that. So you know what your gross margin is. You've already decided how much you're going to spend per lead, what your conversion rate is going to be, so that you make the sales or the revenue that gets added to the revenue budget. And then the last piece is your general and administrative, which is basically your office costs. Anything that happens off the road, we've talked about this a hundred times, but you know, rents are going up, energy to light your office and, and that kind of thing. So your utility bills are going up. Right. And then the big thing, and this is all throughout your PL, both on the technician sales and office side, is your labor, right? Labor is getting more expensive. So it may not be just enough to say, well, I paid somebody this much last year. So I'll just budget that and that one or two percent uh, uh, cost of living increase has actually now become a, what do, what do we say, eight and a half or nine, whatever government saying right now that's yeah, not six you know yeah so 8.6 right so so you've got to figure that in because your wage inflation is actually higher than that 8.6 right but you're not going to be able to keep people if their cost of living is going up by 8.6 percent but you're only giving them a two percent raise right so um, you've got to look at your general and administrative costs and the other point I'll make out of this, and, and I want you to spend a little bit more time on gross margin here, Dan. I'm, I'm sure you will. But just remember that on your P&L, not all costs are created equal. And, you know, a penny saved is not a penny earned. I feel like I should we should do just a whole episode on that concept. And, and what I mean by that is that you save a dollar out of G&A, that entire dollar drops to the bottom line. If you sell an extra dollar, you may only get, you know, 20 or 30 pennies out of that dollar. So it's really important that you play really good defense and you understand, hey, if I pull this expense out, you know, again, if watching your DNA in my mind and same thing for your SNA, right? You got to make sure that you understand that these dollars are producing value for the business because they're not when you save a dollar in there, that is direct profit, and that is a huge impact on your bottom line. So, just had to throw that disclaimer out there because that's something I have. Yeah, so, so it's basically, it's basically <laughs> right. If you're like in a manufacturing process and we're making candy bars, right? So we sell a candy bar for a dollar, and uh, the sugar and cocoa and everything else is fifty cents. We're only getting fifty cents. So that fifty cents then goes to pay all that GNA, and so you've got to have you know, uh, $2 to, um, you know, to, 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 in, in order to, um, 
you know, save a dollar of GNA. But if you save, it's a really important point. If you save a dollar on GNA, that's truly a dollar. It's the same thing if you increase your prices. Doing a price increase before inflation uh, happened actually falls right to the bottom line, right? So every right. dollar that you increase your prices, you've increased your profit. Now it's inflation right now is going to eat that, um, you know, uh, eat that up. But uh, according to the government, we are going to be um, back down to two percent, I think, in 2024. So that's what, that's what they said before. So we are recording this on um, hey, hey, August. And, and, and folks, just so you know, try the veal. Dan will be here with Santa all morning long. Let me just tell you. <laughs> we are recording this on August the 30th and on uh, Friday, what was it, the 27th? That was the day that the market just tanked. The Dow yeah. fell over a thousand points because Jay Powell said that he was going to raise rates and be vigilant against inflation. And that was the day that Donnie lost his shirt in the stock market. So just be aware that the government is on your side and they're here to help. 100%. <laughs> All right, we got to keep going. I'm just sorry. When you said that, it made me laugh. I, 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 God, I, just, uh, I was up on my yeah. soapbox. I got to get off. And, yes, yes. And nosebleed from being up there. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep rolling here. Yeah. So, so we got we got the revenue forecast, getting that tight. Then there's you know bringing it back, which I liked your technique of where you talked about you export previous year. You got your spreadsheet set up. You understand, okay, gross margin is a big driver of the business. You understand that, okay, S and A and G and A. I got to pay really good attention and play good defense because those dollars are going to drop directly to the bottom line. It's going to have a big impact on my profit margin. We've talked about you know I've got goals that I have for. Either, you know, I want to make sure that I have enough money to pay my bills or nope, I want to pump as much money in. I've got some extra money. I'm willing to be aggressive or I am very uncertain about what's going to happen. I'm going to play it safe and I'm going to pull back on growth. I want to make sure I'm very, very efficient as a business so I can weather storms. Let's get through all of that. So now what, Dan? So once you have this and you have it all spreadsheeted out and you're using QuickBooks and I think it's not all QuickBooks versions. There's, uh, it, it's not the bottom line version. I think it's the next level up if you're using a QB online. You can create a budget within QuickBooks and just enter it in, basically what you're doing. It's almost like populating a spreadsheet. The reason that you put it into QuickBooks is because after that, you can present uh, reports of actual to budget or you can just do your budget. Okay, here's what my budget is, that's a report. And then on a P&L basis, you can do month by month, year by year, whatever, you can do actual to budget and then the variance. And that's where you see, you know, how did I do against plan, right? And um, Donnie made fun of me for the airplane. Um, uh, um, you know, um, analogy, a pilot, right? The, the airplane analogy, but it, you know, so if you have an a flight plan and you crash the airplane, then you didn't do a good job, right? No, you did or, not. That would I would say that would be the not desired effect there. Yes, yes. So right. So and so I, I didn't know something about airplanes, right? So, Dave, but if you when I say this, I, but so this but, is but if you if, if you land where you're supposed to land, then you did a good job, right? Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I always said, you know, any any landing you can walk away from is a good landing. Anyway, <laughs> that's encouraging. No, I was going to say, so, yes, it's one hundred percent encouraging. 
I know Dan's going to cringe when I say this, and and so I have a, a bit of a confession to make. So Dan is correct. You should pull your budget into QuickBooks. You can get a lot of great reporting. You can do budget versus actual. You can see variances. It makes um, it makes looking at your budget and how you're trending against your budget extremely efficient and very straightforward. Now, having said all of that, I do a lot of my budgeting in spreadsheets. That's me. And the reason I do it that way is because, uh, much like what Dan said, I don't I don't look at my 20-year forecast much longer, but I do have a three-year. And so I'm constantly asking myself questions. I'm constantly like, what if we do this? What's the impact on the budget? If we do that, what's the impact on the budget? If you know, if we sell more of this, what's the so it it's a quick way for me to kind of forecast what's going to happen. <clears throat> and there may be a way of doing that in QuickBooks that's super easy and fast, but I just, what I do is I take, you know, we, we do exports out of QuickBooks, so it's not like it's, we don't sync that, those two up. And that's probably a little advanced. It's not horribly advanced, but, but I have, I mean, but I actually do pull this back to spreadsheets so I can, I can do a lot of what if scenarios. And so it's that, a really Important. So what you just said is absolutely true. QuickBooks does what they call a static budget, meaning if you blow the revenue budget, your your QuickBooks still wants you to do uh, the expense budget, and you may back dial back the lever real quickly, and then you have to redo the budget. So it is wise to keep it in a spreadsheet. But if things are going well, QuickBooks will be fine. If things are hitting the skids, then you've got to refer back to your spreadsheet so that you can do what-if analysis. You can't really do that in QuickBooks. And if you want to do that in an accounting system, you'd have to get really high-end ERP system that'll cost a whole lot more than QuickBooks. Or you could just do it in um, Excel or Google Sheets or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, and I, I mean, so I just, I, I want to put that disclaimer out there because I mean, sometimes people are like, don't use spreadsheets, don't, you know, the spreadsheets are awful. And I don't know, I mean, they, you know, it is easy to break them and it's easy to, you know, miss something. But the reality of it is, is it's pretty easy to do an export from QuickBooks and you can sort it right into a spreadsheet and you know that you're looking at actual numbers. And then from there, you can start playing with that revenue line and you can start tracking what you're, what you're doing because it's like most things, right? We roll out with a plan and then cost change sales change, you know, nothing ever goes this way that you planned it. And you just want to be able to make sure that you can, you can adjust to know what, what it's going to do with, 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 you know, on your budget. And I really liked when. And, and the words of that famous philosopher, Mike Tyson, which is quoted in one of Donnie's books, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. <laughs> That's the you know, Mike Tyson. Ever from, absolutely. No, this is uh, <laughs> as a philosopher. From the greatest philosopher. <laughs> oh goodness so but you know when we had tony massey on i really liked what he said when he said that we look at how we spend the pennies and we actually go through our budget three to four times a year and we have a budget planning meeting that just shows you how dialed in and how important now obviously massey is a massive company i think could i just do two masses there yes so Massey is a massive company. It just goes to show you how critical this process is and how, how essential it is that you stay dialed into what's happening. Uh, and, you know, you know, Massey, I've said this before, and, and I don't have a man crush on them, but I absolutely like how well they execute. And I think this is one of their keys that they're able to do it is because they're sold out. They're so dialed into their budget. They understand what the numbers are doing. 
and they are pretty good at forecasting um, what's going to happen so they're able to make changes a lot faster so all right dan we got to get we got to get start pulling us back here how do we want to how do we want to wrap this up on budgeting i feel like we've talked about a lot and i, I mean for me personally if if you're a listener what I would say is that, you know, obviously I would hope that you are doing a budget. If, if you need help, look at the show notes from this show and, and grab the, a copy of the marketing bench and the benchmarking report that Colmarch has. Grab the cost study that Dan does, get started on your revenue and then, and then pull it back in the percentages from there. If you are old to budgeting, I would say now is a great time to be thinking about 2023. And, and I would be looking at like, I, I can't tell you what to do. But I know at Triangle, we're probably going to take more of a defensive posture in 2023. Still going to try to grow, of course. Still going to you know do the best that we can. But I'm not going to. You have to. Yeah, you can't be uh, right now the best offensive defense. But uh, I will do a selfish plug for PCO bookkeepers right now. We do budgeting okay. for our clients that want us to. And uh, it's a service that we offer. And if you're interested, by all means, contact me. Most of the budgeting, need, you, you need to be a client, uh, an accounting client, uh, but we can certainly give you tips if you're not. But um, that's you know one of the areas that we do for our clients who uh, request us to. So. And, and by the way, and I would say if you are a current client or even if you're not, it's a great idea to take Dan up on his offer because, you know, it's one thing to kind of go through the cost study. It's something else to have someone else who looks at literally hundreds of pest and lawn companies and can immediately see things and you can discuss it because, you know, the fact is, is that I'm sure if you pulled everyone's P&L, you're going to find something that's out. One of the things I love about a budget is that it gives me something to do as an owner. <laughs> <laughs> what I, what it, I it used to be it used to be go to the banking or go to the post office and get all the checks but now everybody pays by credit card so you don't do that but what i mean by that is that there's always a number off and you know you gotta be like well why is this off you know there's always something that's not quite right and you get and it just gives me something to do because i can start digging in and you know at the end of the day you know numbers don't have feelings and so if your management labor is off, wow. I got to use that yeah. one. It's beautiful. <laughs> Numbers well, it's don't true. have feelings. <laughs> Numbers don't have feelings. And so, you know, you can go back and say, well, our management labor is off. Or, hey, our service labor is off. Why is that? Hey, our chemicals off. Why is that? And so, you know, the other part of this, especially for an owner, is that, you know, when you, when you have a second set of eyes, it's just someone else that's looking over your shoulder, helping you look at, you know, these numbers and saying, hey, what are the opportunities here to make my business better? And so, you know, again, I think it's a great idea to call PCO if you haven't done that. Again, give Comarch a call if you want. And I don't know how this is turning into a rah-rah for PCO and Comarch. It wasn't our intent in creating budgeting. But I will tell you that this is something that everyone does. And if you're not doing it, you should be. And, you know, it, it's not rocket science. There's tons of tons of resources out there. It's just getting down and getting to work. So with that, any final thoughts, Dan, before we finish out? So we learned two things today. We learned that um, everybody has a plan till they get punched in the face and that numbers don't have feelings. That's right. <laughs> That's a great way to sum it up. So, <laughs> all right. With that, just a reminder, all the resources and topics we talked about today 
are available on the podcast website. That's pnpindustryinsider.com. Just look under show notes and you can see that. We'll link in the cost study in the marketing benchmark report um, and, and maybe even a, a YouTube video uh, or two. We'll, we'll put the YouTube video up where I talked about uh, you know forecasting your revenue. We might even put a video of Mike Tyson punching someone out or getting punched in the mouth. I don't know. With that, we always appreciate any ratings and reviews. If you can, however you consume this podcast via Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. However, we always appreciate any reviews that you can leave with us. And with that, we will see you all next week. Take care now. See ya.